You're listening to the County Life Podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. As ever on the County Life Podcast, first up, Chris Ridgway talks to County Manager Jim Gannon. Well, Jim, welcome to the studio. Good evening. Uh, we've got loads to get over tonight. Uh, two games to pick over, a frustrating 0-0 against Bradford and then an emphatic 6-0 win uh, against Southport. Now both games have settled and you've got a chance to reflect. Give us your thoughts on what's happened in this last seven days. Well, it's nice to be able to sit here after Tuesday's performance, but um, I think I expressed it in my programme notes on Tuesday that I was frustrated on Tuesday that we didn't really impose ourselves on the opposition and didn't really show our qualities. And uh, I know what qualities we have. I've seen these players play for other teams. So I've seen them playing for us. I've seen them in training. Uh, and my frustration is that I'm not bringing the best out of them and that's what I'm paid to do. Um, we trained really well on Monday, uh, got to grips with some of the issues and asked the players to take more responsibility, show more of the leadership and go and grab the game by the scruff of the neck and I couldn't have asked for any more on Tuesday night. It's interesting that you say you can't get this out of them, that's what you're paid to do. Did you did you feel that you had done something right? Like like you say on Tuesday when you put this message to them to, to go and grab the game, to really go and show show the fans, show you what you can do and, and they went and did that. Well, I, I think... Um, when players come into a club, they, they go through a period where they don't know where they stand and they're kind of maybe a bit polite about you know taking responsibility, telling people what to do and they're kind of waiting for the leadership to come from the manager. And, and, and I've always been a big believer in, in educating them and then letting them do the coaching, let them do the decision-making and I delegate a little bit of responsibility to different people. Um, you know, obviously, we've got your natural captains in, in the likes of Harry Winter and Michael Clark, but Sam Walker had responsibilities on set plays, but you know, whether it be the edge defending or who takes them and when they take them, because I said, look, I, I, I want to stop shouting. I want you to do the leading out there. Um, and uh, there was a lot of good decisions and a lot of good leadership shown by the players. Tough game on Saturday against York, a team who uh, I was saying to Martin a little earlier on, um, they're a team similar to Stockport County in the sense that if you'd have said 20 years ago to the management and the, to the fans, this is where you're going to, you know, this is the way your journey's going to go, you might have not taken every word of that so seriously. But here we are, York, a team ambitious, they want to get back up just as much as Stockport County do. What kind of threat do they pose? But just on the back of that momentum you were speaking about, what can we take from that game in, into this, uh, well, well, the challenge? Well I'm, well, I'm really surprised to see York here now. I mean, you're talking about 20 years ago, but it was only two years ago to win the league. Um, so to fall and fall again is a, it's a real because they're a club with ambition. Um, worked extremely hard to get in the league. Um, obviously, then had aspiration, aspirations to move on again and change the management structure. And then they started working their way backwards. Um, so it's, a, it's you know some uncompromising division the national. And um, if you're not equipped for it, you can find yourself back in the Conference North. And um, but Millsy's a good manager. Uh, I think they've taken, you know, they've got to grips with this level. Uh, they're a tough side. I mean, I've seen, we had them watched against Chorley. I've also seen the videos of them against Southport because I was obviously an analysing Southport. And I've seen the video uh, of their recent win against Bennymore. And um, again, they've a flexible system. They got a lot of joy last year with the 3 5 2 or a 3 4 1 2. Uh, and so they have that in the locker, but they also will adapt and push, drop one of the full backs in. I wanted a four into the back four and play four three three. So, 
they're going to be a tough nut to crack at their place. Um, they'll be very confident after their game on Tuesday. Um, it'll be an interesting test for us because so far at home we've been, you know, I mean, we've been frustrated with the Bradford draw. We've been frustrated with the Harrogate game, especially the first half. But by and large, at home we've been, we, we've done exactly what I wanted this season, which is to, to, to. To, to be rock solid in terms of Fortress Edgeley, clean sheets, um, but also have the ability to open the game up and play good football and control games. And we'd, we'd done that in large parts against the likes of Curzon and Gainsborough, um, and obviously on Tuesday night. Um, so for us to pick up 11 points from five games at home is a, is a great record and four clean sheets from them five games. Um, Away from home, we've just not really got into that resilient, strong mindset of being able to be rock solid and hurt teams then on a break, hurt teams from set plays, have that one or two players that can make a goal out of nothing. Um, we've been um, at times poor away from home. So uh, it'd be interesting to see which team turns up on uh, Saturday. I'd like to think the lads have found their feet, um, understand that if they step up and take responsibility, they've got a chance of beating any team. When you say it's, it's it's interesting to hear when you say which, which team will turn up and you know what kind of mindset, how do they appear in training and how do you encourage that mindset of you coming off the back of a six 0 win in training? Do you have to go over much of mindset coaching if you like because you're thinking after a six 0 win against a team like Southport you can walk ten feet tall. Well, th this is the danger sometimes when like when we beat Macclesfield, uh, you know when we beat sometimes you think it's easy or. Um, we worked really hard in training on Monday and the players had a fantastic mentality going into the game uh, and continued that throughout the first half and into the second half. Um, this would be a tough place. What we have to be careful is that we don't uh, give them too much respect. Uh, we have to try and impose our qualities and our shape on them. Uh, the diamond worked well for us the other night. We had to shift shape a couple of times and um, we have the ability within our group. But um, the great thing about that team uh, is that not only do we have all the best players on the pitch in the best formation for them, but they all show their qualities. Mm. Um, and if you get that, you get that kind of result. Um, all we'd be asking for the lads now is that uh, it's been a long time coming to get to this stage now. Uh, keep it going. Uh, think about what works for you. Think about staying on the front foot. St st keep on a high. And if we can do that then uh, and come off the back of these next two games uh, with positive results, then we, we will consolidate ourselves in a really good position in the playoffs. Was there a sense of a sigh of relief, if you like, after such an emphatic win? We spoke about the frustrations at home against Bradford. It's been a tough week, I think, as well for the fans, seeing that Mike Flynn left the club. You know, we'll, we'll speak about Flynn in a little while, but you know, there was this kind of little bit of frustration, if you like, or a little bit of confusion as to what was going. On. Was it a bit of a sigh of relief to say to, to a real message to the fans to say? We, we are we are in a in a unity here. We are going forward as one. We've got a game plan, and here's how it works. Well, um, you, you've got to understand that this time of the year, that um, a lot of um, clubs are, are employing people, and um, you know Jordan got an opportunity with Man United, and um, Mike got an opportunity with uh, Rochdale. Uh, he's already working with them in their education program, and they've asked him to step up and be part of the the the, the professional academy. Um, with her under 13, so he, he's he's obviously been caught in a, an awkward position. Um, we understand people going because um, it's it's good for them, uh, whether it's the level of football or the the type of role they've got or the contractual security, the opportunity to go full time next year. I don't know, um, but from our perspective, is that it it was a poor timing in terms of the leaving. But I think um, 
as I said in my programme notes, I just think we're a tighter, stronger group for it at the moment, the, the staff. Um, and it sort of showed in our performance on Tuesday night. I think um, we, we really want people to be on board and fully committed to the, what we're trying to achieve here. And if they can't commit, then that's no, no problem. We wish them well in whatever they do. Um, and we just crack on. Um, we're going to have players do that the same thing during the year. But the core group that's with us now um, will be strong and tight for the rest of the season, I'm sure. I'll speak to you about Flinney in, in a little while when we, when we talk about the coaching staff. But let's focus on the players. Now we spoke a little bit about the coaches. Let's speak about the players. Terrific performances all around uh, on Tuesday night. Great to see Matty Warburton put the put the, 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 the nightmare to bed, if you like, of the penalty miss against Spennymore to, to score two goals in front of the Cheedland. Jason Oswell, of course, getting back on it. Sam Walker getting in on the assist. Jimmy Ball getting his name on the sheet and wanting to get forward. The morale is there now with the players, isn't it? And and you can start picking out individuals and saying, this is this is what you did right this week. This is what you've done right. Well, uh, Matty Warburton and Darren Stevenson have been tough ones for me. Um, I've got great belief in their ability. Um, I know what they can do at this level, and I think the record shows what they can do at this level. And I had a good chat with Matty because I think Matty was... Um, perhaps starting to lose a little bit of confidence. Um, and I, I just reminded him that you're the first player I wanted to sign. Uh, you're the first player. Uh, and then if I got me, me 10 right, I could build a team round that. Um, I, I think he's a fantastic lad, fantastic football, very clever uh, and got great skills. And I think that all I wanted him to do was just remember that we believe in him, that if um, the, the, the coaching or the criticism he might see it, uh, is, is done because I want to try and get the best out of him mm. and uh, we had a good chat on Monday and I think that uh, I just wanted him to get on that stage and show people what he can deliver and I think in the, the first 20 minutes he certainly did that um, and Darren's starting to come good we know we have to find who they are and what they are and what type of personalities they are but um, all the time we're working with them as I said in my programme notes I, I don't make players I just try to help players find themselves provide a stage for them and give them the instructions to how to be effective and if they can figure it out for themselves and be effective and learn what's effective, then it'll be a skill that'll last them, not just this season, for the rest of their careers, and they'll just grow and grow. And I think that we've certainly seen players grow in the last week. Let me ask you, as a fan then, just a little glimpse of an insight there, because you mentioned what it's like speaking to Matty. You know, you kind of put your arm around him and say, this is, you know, you, you were my first target, if you like. You're the guy I wanted. Give him that confidence. Because fans, like obviously like myself, when I, I sit behind you in, on a match day, uh, and I look down, and you can see that obviously you you don't have a, sh uh, a long amount of time, you don't have a large amount of time to get your instructions out while the players are on. So it can seem like you're shouting over here, telling this guy to move forward or whatever. But obviously, it's not always like that, is it? When you're talking on the training pitch, and that's when your your more civil conversations come in, I guess. And fans can often, I think, misinterpret the communication between players and staff on match days. And think that that's what a relationship's like, but it's not always like that, is it? No, no, it's very, very dynamic. Um, I mean, what happened on, against Bradford game? People might remember the, an issue with me, and Matty. They, they, Bradford didn't defend the corners as we expected. Um, only used one spare player, so they had an extra player on the edge. So, uh, on the second corner, attacking corner, uh, I reshaped what we did, and they asked Matty to protect the edge, a job he's done previously, and um, and and he, and he got. A little bit disappointed, as if like we were changing things, or, or that we didn't believe in them in the box. And and I said to him that we have to be willing to be able to adapt. If the opposition do mm. a thing, we have to be able to make sure that they're not got a counter-attacking threat, because that's all that Bradford were playing for. Um, so we we have to be adaptable, and I think players don't see it for themselves sometimes. You know, we had an incident the other night um, against Southport where 
that we set up for a short corner or, or the two to get two players out. They crept the two players out and then the player crept back in the box. Yeah. We, st we delivered the long corner and I still felt that we could do a 2v1. So next opportunity, I'm almost screaming at the lads to do the 2v1 and they do it and they execute it perfectly and we score. Um, I asked Sam Walker would he have done it and he said he would have. So, which is great because yeah. I think he, he, he's now starting to smell what we're trying to achieve. Um, so, as we get forward and they start figuring things out for themselves and start um, making good, uh, clever decisions based upon what they see, um, then I can sit back and just admire and watch. And um, um, and that was a, a less demanding game for me. The only time I really needed to get out of my dugout and do a lot of coaching was actually in the last 20 minutes when I was looking for more from the players that come on as subs and more from the players in the final 20 minutes, uh, which is probably a hard taskmaster, but... You know, like I said, um, if we'd finished that game 6-2 or 6-1, we may not be in seventh. And, you know, I got criticised last year when we were beating Curzon 3-0 um, that we didn't keep driving forward while we had the momentum and tempo to get a fourth and a fifth. Um, we, we were scrambling around at the end of the season thinking that a goal difference might make a difference to us uh, in, in terms of the playoffs. And goal difference has made a difference in terms of where we are now and uh, so if we've got the opportunity to be relentless and keep pushing forward and we should never sit back and rest you know we've got to use every opportunity to just keep working hard to get goals be effective uh, and I think the players by and large did that um, obviously uh, at the game on Tuesday we had to balance the fact of if we left all our best players on we could have got more goals um, but we also have to temper that with the fact that we don't want to risk injuries in the final 20-30 minutes or fatigue um, because we want them players uh, fit and raring to go come Saturday. No, and I think uh, it's, it's a really good point like, like you say, take, take your best players off, I don't think anyone's going to complain at a 6-0 win. What have you learned? And I, I, ask, I kind of asked you this last season, 10 games in, uh, we're, we're kind of at that stage now, so I'm, I'm going to repeat the question to you. What have you learned about your squad now? Your, your squad is different, you know, to, to the squad it was this time last year. There's there's a few some of some of the same faces, some new faces in, and the dynamic has changed. Um, what what have you learned about that? Well, I, I think uh, Tuesday night was a culmination of all my pre-season planning or, or po uh, if you like end of season planning in terms of we let a large number of players go and we wanted to reshape the attacking line. I wanted um, a little bit more balance across our defensive line with the likes of Steve uh, coming in and Sam coming in across the midfield line. Uh, I wanted players who, who can play both sides of the game. They can play the up and press and they can also play uh, with their backs to the opposition goal and get on the ball and build. Um, we're still learning about the strengths of our players and you know we started off with Jimmy on the higher position and Harry on the lower position, they flip round and Jimmy's been excellent as a four and Harry's stepping up and, and chipping in with goals. First goal of the season against Curzon and you know, and one of the most important goals on Tuesday night. So we're, we're learning, but I, I look at our squad and I think that we've got the ability to be much more effective in all aspects of the game. Um, score more goals, have more, more, more attacking dimensions be able to control games better, which was really important in the home games. We had so many games where we played lesser opposition who would just frustrate us and we needed to have uh, more dimensions to the way we attack. And I think we've certainly got that now. Um, and all the pre-season uh, pre work uh, sort of culminated with a performance on Tuesday night that just emphasised why I have so much trust and belief in that group of players. 
It's, it's, it's great to hear. Now, I, I said a little bit earlier on, I, I would want to speak about Flinney. Obviously, he left the club this week. Huge personality around the ground. Fans love him, plays. You can see them interacting with him. Uh, he's gone on to move you know, to, to pastures new at uh, Rochdale, so to speak. But just give us an insight what it was like working with Mike Flynn. Obviously, you, you worked with him as a player and as a coach and a manager. So what, what was that like? Well, it's, it's always a strange situation when you inherit staff. And, but, you know, having worked with Mike as a player and, and understanding what he was like as a, a, a personality of the club and a, and, and a professional of the club, that, you know, I was quite happy to be assisted by himself and Dave. Um, so, again, uh, we're, we're not looking to replace Michael. I think that myself and Dave can can do the coaching and the management mm. and the players side of it. Uh, I remember being at Northwich and I worked on my own with no coaches and um, I had a, a completely different dynamic of relationship with the players because there's no middlemen. Uh, so, uh, so in that sense, it's you know, it's been it's good to have that extra staff to take responsibility of you. But no, it, it's a it's a it's a loss for us in terms of um, you know the the extra personality it brings to the group. Um, but as we move forward. Um, you know, we like I said, we we've, we've all got to focus on being here and and being as professional as we can and being as committed as we can. And um, you know, the staff we currently have at the moment now, I can I can I can see a situation where all of them could potentially be full time at the club. Uh, we've got increasing roles within the academy. Um, Nick Donny, the strength and condition coach, um, and Dave and myself are, are, are trying to get more and more involved in the day-to-day -day routine of the academy. And I think as we go forward, we're going to see a really good, tight group of professional people in our staff who are going to be involved, not just with the pros, but as we move towards a sort of a full-time structure for the pros and, and integrate the players with the academy. Um, so that can only be to the benefit of the club. Just finally, Jim, another thing I wanted to bring up uh, on a more summer note, Gordon Taylor, of course, passed away earlier this week. Uh, a bit of a surprise to many fans. It certainly was to myself when I read the news. Uh, we wanted to pass on our best, but I was just wondering if you had any memories or you, you or just talk about his personality that, that you knew of Gordon, uh, who passed away this week. Well, I've only had, ever had brief conversations with Gordon. And obviously, a, a, a big man, big personality, and everybody knew him. And um, Like I said, it uh, came as a shock to me. I, you know, you don't always hear about whether people are ill or are in hospital or what's happening. And um, like I said, the, the circumstances seem a bit strange and tragic uh, for somebody so young uh, to pass away. So really disappointing news. I mean, it's, it's natural over time that we've lost a lot of fans um, and lots of people that work at the club, you know, because um, nature takes its course. But uh, to lose somebody so young at this stage, somebody who's, so, you know, working mm. for the club is always a tragic loss. And... Uh, like I said, it's a, a real disappointing news for us. And uh, but like I said, uh, uh, you know, I don't do social media. I don't know, what, but I'm sure there's a strong feeling out there yeah. for somebody that is very, very well liked at the club. No, you're absolutely right, and Jim. It's a big game on Saturday, so I wish you all the best for the trip to York. Thanks very much. So, Chris, we're back. We are back. We've been away for a long time. You've been in Las Vegas. Yes. Is it Las Vegas or Las Vegas? Las Vegas. Do Las they Vegas. say Las Vegas in the States? Uh, I think they do, yeah. Las Vegas, the city of sin. The city of sin. And uh, you had a good time out there. Remember? Do you remember what I asked you? I said, if you had to put one Stockport County player in the ring to oh. face somebody... <laughs> <laughs> could you think of anybody? Is there anybody in the current setup? If I had to pick a Stockport County player... To face Floyd Mayweather after his demolition job on yeah, Conor McGregor. Maybe after you might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Now we'll, we'll put this to the lads. We'll put this to the lads on Saturday. See, see if they come up with the same answer. But 
Uh, I'm looking through the squad now, and I think you've got to, I think you've got to go for one of the big centre halves. I'm going to go with Michael Clark. He seems to put his head through everything, and I think when if you get in there with Floyd Mayweather, you get in the clinch. He's going to put a big headbutt through him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Clarky. Be like that. Uh, Homer, have you seen that Simpsons episode where Homer's a boxer? And <laughs> his skill is just being able to take a punch. Very similar to Be my like boxing that. skill. Yeah, I'll give. You, I'll tell you my boxing joke. I fought Floyd Mayweather once. I had him worried. He thought he'd killed me. Hey, hey, there you go. There, there you, go. you go. But uh, but back to Stockport County. You're back in time for the result of the season, if not the result of the last few years. Oh, I mean, come on. Uh, not not in my lifetime has there been such a scoreline. Which, uh, I mean, everyone knows we've had our ups and downs, we said, in the last few years. But I don't think we've ever had a high uh, as such as a 6-0 win, especially against a team who... Nobody nobody looks forward to playing Southport. They are what you call a bogey team. We just can't ever seem to to get over the line against them. Some horrible trips down to Hague Road uh, over the last few years. So to really to really put it to them, to really sort of take take a game by the scruff of the neck, as Jim likes to say, uh, was fantastic. And that the confidence it's done for those players. Well, I, th- I think we'll see some fruits of that on Saturday. And that's you know that's something that um, this team hasn't really done. Over the last year, you know the, the the record, the home record's absolutely fantastic. But there've been so many games you and I have worked on where, you know, they've done really well, but nil nil at half time, and then you know letting a goal and had to you yeah. know, fight for their lives to get one at the end, and and so that's not something this team really does. But having said that, we knew what they were capable of with those f- three at the front. Well, we we, we did. Um, it, it took me back, and it, it almost annoyed me that Jim Gannon said in his in his post-match, because he took the words out of my mouth. I wanted to, to reference the game where he was talking about Curzon Ashton last season and we were already home and dry, done and dusted, but he's still urging the players on to go and get more. And we spoke about it after the game. If I'm not mistaken, I think you might have even been at the game and we, we, we spoke about it together on air afterwards. We're saying he's screaming at his players to go and get a fourth and fifth. And what happens at the end of the season? You miss out on the playoffs by a goal. So he's obviously learned... That you, I say learn his lesson, I think he already knew it, but this time he's not taking any chances. You remember back to a few years ago when Manchester United lost the Premier League title on goal difference. What they do? Go out and sign the, the top scorer in the league and win it comfortably the season after. I'm not going to say County are going to win the league this season, but there's obviously this attacking threat now that's saying, don't, I don't care if you've got two or three, go get four or five. Yeah, that's absolutely. And clearly, you know, whether that is by accident or by design, because, you know, a very smart manager. You've went and found Jason Oswell. So you know, have you have you found that player and now built an attack around him, or or is that you know, as I say, is that kind of this is the the attack that that we now have, or or as you say, was that always the intention because of the last few years that's hurt us so much? Well, he's a, he's a good he's a, he's a he's a great leader, Jason Oswell up front because over the last few years we know Jim likes to try and build uh, build an attack around a focal point. Uh, and over the last few years, we've seen a few different players come in and try and try and use, you know, try and fill that role, try and be that player. Uh, Danny Lloyd, he offered a lot. He was a great player, but you wouldn't build an attacker around him. He's not a focal point, if you like. Uh, so in Jason Oswell, he's found a focal point, someone who can hold the ball, someone who can turn, play with the back to goal, etc. But who also knows where the back of the net is. And to bring him to this level of football, I mean, it's, I don't think I'm uh, bringing any new information to the table. Of course. But he'll he'll be getting attention week on week. He keeps playing like this, uh, and it, there'll be higher up clubs um, than Stockport County. So, Jim I think has done a fantastic job. And he's he's found these two players, Matty Warburton and Darren Stevenson, who have got great reputations for playing off strikers. And then he's gone and found a striker that can 
that can perfectly play to their strengths and utilise his own skill set. So a good point then to ask you, who is your player of the week? Well, I'm actually not going to say Jason Oswell. I'm going to say Matty Warburton this week because he, the guy tries so hard. Do you know what I mean? Every, week on week, you see him, things aren't quite coming off for him. Passes are going astray. His touch maybe wasn't great a couple of games or he's missed that penalty in the opening day and maybe that's done something. Uh, and other than the free kick a few weeks back, uh, the, the team escapes me but at Edgerley Park when he, he puts in this stonking free kick. Other than that, he's not really had too much to shout about. Whereas this week, second minute of the game, he's, he's on the score sheet. He then scores a second goal in front of the Cheedland, and it was it put that that nightmare to bed, if you like, about the penalty miss. If we're being honest, I don't think it was a great penalty. I think if he'd missed it, he'd look very foolish putting it down the middle, but he didn't. It went in. Uh, and he's he's kind of put that to bed now. He can put that penalty miss behind him. Got two goals in front of the Cheeland in a huge morale boosting win. Crack on. Lead lead the line with Jason Oswell now for the next few games. And let's see how many po- uh, points we can pick up. Just a shame that Stevenson didn't get on the, the score sheet. It'll come for him. I yeah. said I said this in um, in my program notes uh, for the Southport game that Stevenson. We know what he can do because he's done it to us. <laughs> uh, you know, in in the past playing for other teams, we know that he's a threat. We know he's got it in his locker, and we know he's playing now with two players who will give him confidence. You know, when when you've got two strikers scoring goals, the rest of the team gets confidence. So he's gonna he's gonna feed from that confidence and the composure and the fitness and whatever else it, it takes it will come. He was walking off the pitch on Tuesday night, big beaming smile on his face. That's the kind of thing you want to see, especially in forward players, especially in players who need to be feeling happy. You know they've got the fans right behind them, and it would have been lovely if he you know if he'd have been able to stick a chance away. As it as it happened, it didn't come off for him, but he's gonna keep plugging away. Jim's a Jim's a manager who leads by example. All the players are picking up on that. And he's just another one of those. He, he will fall into line and the goals will come. And for all the roller coaster this season has been, we talked about it before, how many goals do you need from the other players? I don't think missing out on too many goals from him, given the Warburton situation, given, given the, the fact that you know the, the, the wing-back experiments that have been tried have worked pretty well, I think... That yeah. it's it's not. Re- I think any goals from him will actually be a bonus, and that's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we'd like to see him contribute. He, he, he may may not get as many as as you know your Oswell or your Warburton, but I would like to see him contribute. I, I hope come the end of the season, we're talking about at least ten, maybe fifteen goals. Um, I think that would be a fair sort of return. But if if he only gets say ten or maybe just nine or something, but there's a lot of assists and a lot of link up play that's that's helped Oswell and Warburton crack on into the twenties, then I think everyone would take that. I don't think there'd be anyone saying saying right now oh, that that's not a good return. And like you say, there's other players in the squad. Jimmy Ball uh, has certainly got a goal or two in his locker. We saw him score on Tuesday night and then he was ambitiously getting forward to try and get another one. He's a player who wants to be everywhere at the minute. He's covering that number four role, doing a really good job screening the defence, but also getting goals up top. Harry Winter, who'd have thunk it? Two goals already this season. But Jimmy Ball's somebody. Whenever we speak to Jim off air, when we're you know when we're kicking around, when we're preparing and stuff, I've heard you had a lot of conversations with Jim about Jimmy Ball, and I think he's somebody that you look at. You know, he's he's not always given what the fans thought he he could. He can give, mm. and it, he's had a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he's played in you know some interesting positions right up the middle of the park, and fra- fans get frustrated because they see those flashes. You mm-hmm. know, they see with the ball at his feet, he has got something, 
And, you know, Jim's obviously kind of, he's never, because he, he doesn't need to, he's never gone out and just said, just be patient. But kind of that's the impression you get. But this season, you can really see him building on that. Jim loves him. Uh, you know, he's obviously seen a lot more of him than we have in training and stuff. And first and, first and foremost, I, I watched every county player, every county game as a fan before broadcasting before analytics uh, analytics but anything else watch it as a fan and Jimmy Ball like you say you see him have this flash of whatever you, you think he's he's a real good player he can strike a free kick he can head a ball he can cross a ball he can he's he's athletic he can chase a ball down but then you see him sort of lose concentration sometimes in games certainly last season um, he, he, his mind would wander he, he maybe gets out muscled in a tackle or he maybe sets a, the wrong pass off or something but this year I think he's really knuckled down I, re I think he's really focused on that We've, we already said at the start of the season when, when you and I started doing this we, we were saying it was noticeable how much bigger he was he's obviously bulked up he's not one of these players uh, over the summer who goes out and goes on the beach and hits up with the lads I mean, I'm sure he did have a, a couple of shandies but by and large, he's been in the gym. He's been working out, and he's working on these elements of his game. That he's not all of a sudden. He's not getting out muscled in every tackle. He's you know all of a sudden he's not being beaten to the ball th three out of five times or whatever. He's he's improving these little things to help bring those flashes more often, uh, and to fill the to fill the boots of a two-time player of the year in Lewis Montrose and to get goals as well. He's rising to this challenge. He he could be a player to watch for the season. Um, it it could well be Jimmy Ball. The, the the attackers will take a lot of um a lot of credit and a lot of eyeballs, but he could be the man uh, you know to keep an eye on as as a string puller. Your player to watch this week, though. So a player to watch this week is Sam Walker. Um, now I was going to bring up Sam anyway, but we'll we'll bring him in in the, in the the player to watch. And the reason I'm going to put Sam down is he had a horrible start to his career at County everybody knows it's how embarrassing being brought on and then being brought back off and then the next game when you do get a start you get pulled off again and it's just it's really frustrating because you know we know that there was all this over the summer that Salford signed him and then he left so if Salford wanted him then he's obviously offering something he's obviously a, a very good player uh, and I think now I think he's starting to show what Salford saw in him what Jim Gannon saw in him We've seen his, his set-piece delivery is fantastic. He's working on his fitness. He's getting a little bit fitter week on week. His ability to trap the ball, look up and spray a pass out is is fantastic. It's, it's a lot better than I've seen a lot of players in his position do at this level over the years. Uh, and now he's finding his stride a little bit, which I think is dangerous for other teams. Um, there'll be a lot of set-piece work going on now where we've got one of our best set-piece takers on form. And when you've got a guy like Jason Oswell in the middle and you've got a guy like Sam Walker who can put a corner or a free kick on a stamp, he's the man to watch for me. Excellent. Yeah, and, and as you say, you know, OK, he's had a, a rocky start and for, for whatever reason. But, you know, Jim, again, we go back to, you know, Jim seeing something. Jim's got faith in him. Jim's brave enough to put him on and take him off. You know, not a lot of managers are brave enough to do that. Mm. And, to, and, to, and then Jim's got to think then as well, what impact am I having psychologically on that player? And he's been brave enough to do that. So I think you're right. You know, if if that's if Jim sees that in him, and we know that he has the skill to do that, because you know, Jason Oswell can score goals. Um, you know, Sam Minahan can bomb up the side of the pitch and out muscle people. But not ev but not everybody in that squad can deliver stuff onto a stamp. So it shows as well that Jim Gannon doesn't fear player power. Uh, like you say, then about a lot of managers wouldn't maybe have the stones to do something like that. And you're absolutely right to say that. <laughs> Player power 
When when this is a player, this is not one of the kids from the development squad who we can say, well, he's learning, I'm coaching. This is a guy Salford signed. You know, this is a guy who could probably walk into any team in the division. Uh, and he's done that with him because he's he doesn't fear any potential revolt. Uh, and it shows leadership. So I think, again, we, we speak about Jim Gannon leading by example. Well, that's exactly what he's done there. He, he showed strength, he showed commitment, he, sh- he showed he's he's shown that he's got a set you know and the the other big news of course since we've been on the podcast is Flinny yeah Flinny's uh, been poached by Rochdale Um, so you know tell me about that tell me how you feel about that obviously Rochdale have got an absolute gem there and you can understand it and then tell me a few of your favourite Flinny memories Um, I'm going to start by saying I'm I'm gutted truly truly gutted uh, that Mike Flynn has gone but wish him all the best uh, give him a big pat on the back. I'm sure we'll see him again, uh, you know, in the future. Um, Flinny is such... For me, growing up, there was a, a certain few players who... that It made Stockport County. That was Stockport County. There's a few things, you know, there's a few things that make Stockport County. There are a lot of county fans that will resonate with them. Roger Wilde running onto the pitch as the physio. That, re- that resonates. Kenny Boxall doing the over uh, over Tannoy announcements. Uh, Gordon Taylor, who of course sadly passed away this week, we'll, we'll speak about Gordon a little bit later on. Uh, just just his presence in the ground made Stockport County, and of course the guys on the pitch led by Captain Fantastic. Certainly while I was growing up, was Mike Flynn. Uh, and I, 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 listen, I've been in a role fortunate enough where we get to go behind the scenes. Um, which as a fan was something I had to pinch myself for a long time, even occasionally now, if I'm sitting having a beer after the game with Jim Gannon and Mike Flynn, I have to sit down and think, is this is this really happening? Um, so to sit and chat with, with Flynn over, over the, the last couple of years, uh, I remember the, after the first game of the season, he poured a bowl of chips out onto the bar and he was running through tactics with me of, of how the, how a 3-4-1-2 works or whatever. Such Such a charismatic guy. Everybody bounces off him. Knowledge of the game is terrific. He's he's the kind of guy. Let me tell you a story uh, from Mike Flynn, and I'm sure this is a Flynn, this is a Mike Flynn story, but I'm going to tell it because it's one of the best I've ever heard. Um, Flynn was over on holiday somewhere one summer. Uh, let's let's say Tenerife could could have been anywhere, uh, and he's he's in the bar and he's he's ordering his bar uh, ordering his drinks at the bar for him and maybe his wife, a couple of friends, and someone taps him on the shoulder and says, "Flynn, can I can I get a photograph?" So he he kind of says, just give me one second, mate. I'm I'm just ordering some drinks. He d- didn't really look around. Uh, so the guy says, well, I'm in a bit of a rush. Can I can I get a quick picture? And he says, just just give me one sec. Uh, carries on ordering two Stellas and a packet of crisp and whatever. And the guy says, look, I'm really sorry, mate. Can I just get a quick picture? I'm off. So Flynn turns around. Okay, yeah, okay. Turns around. And it's Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, I, you know, uh, as the legend that has it that goes around the ground. So uh, really huge character. Yes. Um you know, his presence is going to be missed. When he told me that uh, he was making the move, you could tell. You could tell his tone of voice. He was happy to be. He was happy about the job he was going into. It's a big opportunity for him, but he wasn't happy to be leaving Stockport County. You know, there's you. You've been in the bars behind the scenes. There, there's pictures of him on every wall. Yeah. Uh, he is. He is Mr. Stockport County, and he is going to be so sorely missed. But. He'll be back. Absolutely, he will be back. And uh, do you know what? I think he'll he'll be better for it. You know, some some league experience. And I've got a bit of a soft spot for Rochdale. I've got a friend who used to play for them, and I know a few people at the club that I've done a little bit of work there. So I know that. And they've done. You know, they had a pretty good season. You know. Yeah. To, 
they just missed out on the playoffs. You know, they they had some really good results. So a good time for him to be there, I think. You know, they've had a rocky start to the season. So he's, you know, they've obviously seen something in him that he can bring to that dressing room, I think, principally. And, uh, you know, our loss is Rochdale's game. Well, he's, he's ticked all his coaching badges. And we've seen in the past, because he does have ties there, uh, we've seen players come from Rochdale on loans and, and whatever else. So I expect to see that again. You know, I expect Jim and Flynn, uh, Jim Gannon and Mike Flynn get on so well. Uh, they know the game. They know how each other works. If if Mike has a player that he's bringing along at Rochdale, there's no better place for him to send it. And if Jim's out there scouring the market, he needs a midfielder or an attacker or whatever, what better place to go than a league, a league where the, the coaches know what, exactly what he's looking for? Absolutely, and that's a really good point because it's not just that he will know the, Ro- the players at Rochdale who might benefit from a couple of months at Stockport or a season at Stockport County, but also he'll be seeing other players in that league, you know, yeah. and he might, you know, just you know, pick up on something that he can feed back to the club, which I'm sure he will do. So yeah, very a- good Agent Flynn going out into the field. For <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, what it, it is. Yeah, that's what it, it is. Yeah, it's a complete ruse. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, sorry, you mentioned Gordon Taylor. I, I was I was pretty struck by this. I, I heard it um, yesterday our time. I, I was at a, I'd been at a concert. And I came out. I was on the train home, and that, and that's when I, I came across the news. Many fans, I may, maybe some fans know this, or other fans don't know this, but I actually used to be a steward at Stockport County. You've done everything, haven't you? Anything apart to, from being a player. Anything to get which out. Which is still not. We're not ruling out. Which we're still not ruling out. I have asked Jim a few times, and he told me I need to work on my fitness, which I've found. I'll not comment on. But um, yeah, anything, anything to not buy a ticket on my part, really. But um, no, I, I worked as a steward for a while. Um, uh, and and again on the turnstiles, and uh, Gordon used to do the the safety briefings before the game, where you all sit in the main stand, and he sits and he he says, right, we've done our homework on today's opponents, Tranmere or Gillingham or whoever it happens to be. Uh, we expect them to bring this many. The police have given us this advice, and he knew everything ab- ab- about who was coming down. And rarely did you see incident under his stewardship. Now, he he worked in a in a thankless job in many ways. A lot of the fans. Myself included, you know, we've all been frustrated by security over the years. It, it's part and parcel of going to sporting events, music events, whatever your your tipple fans uh, happens to be. Security can be frustrating, but some guy has to take that responsibility. Uh, now he was a big guy in, in every sense of the word, uh, and he embraced that awkward role, if you like, of um, it's, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Uh, everybody who worked for him, with him, under him respected his authority, they they happily sat back and listened and let him say how it was going to go. You've got Jim Gannon in the bench giving his tactics on the pitch. Well, Gordon would organise the security in a, in a similar kind of sense. He, it was his job to do that. Uh, and there's not many times you can think over over the years since Gordon's been there, 30 years, by, by the way, uh, where there's been a huge security disaster uh, on his watch. There's nothing that springs to mind in, in my eyes. So... Uh, as a personality around the ground, um, we, we were speaking before about Mike Flynn, Roger Wilde, Kenny Boxall, all these all these kind of parts of the furniture at Edgerley Park. Well, Gordon was a big part of that. Um, I believe there's going to be a minute silence at the next home game, um, which I don't think anybody will complain at. He's, he's a real, real character uh, that unfortunately you know, won't be joining us in the stands or in his security box. It's, it's, it's just a, a sad week. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully the... Uh the lads can do him proud on Saturday.
time for Ridgeway's Ways. Ridgeway this week is going to York. York? What do you know about York? Uh, the Jorvik Viking Centre. I got a wallet from there when I went on a school trip. Don't have it anymore. Um, How do you know? Have you checked? No, it's one of these things that got lost years. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so yeah, I used to have a Jorvik Viking Centre wallet. So I know that I know there's a Viking Centre. I, I think Guy Fawkes Pub. Yes, is there in is, York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, a famous, there. um, there's a famous uh, pub crawl called the Micklegate Run. Do you know that? Uh, I will know that. <laughs> I will know that much, <laughs> much more familiarly. Come Saturday evening, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and of course, the railway museums. The railway museums, the railway and museums. it's there's the horse racing as well. There's, yeah, York races, the Ebor races. It's, uh, so, yeah, lots of and they. As I, you didn't know this, did you? But a couple of years ago, they were sponsored by Cadbury's because it's famous for making chocolate as well. Yep. And it was the stadium was known for a while as the Kit Kat Stadium. The Kit Kat Stadium. Yeah. Have a break. Bootham Crescent. <laughs> but um, but seriously, how do you see them? How do you see York as opponents? Well. York, we we always when when you, when you look at the uh, the table and the fixtures at the start of the season, in any league, whoever you support, you look down for certain games. You know, you you look down for when are we playing Stockport County's case. You look for when you play in Salford. For me, it was when we play in Blythe Spartans because of the Alan Armstrong link. And the other team that we were looking out for was York. Uh, York are a team who, quite similarly to Stockport, if if you had told their fans and their staff and whatever sort of 20 years ago this is where you're going to end up you just wouldn't have it wouldn't resonate yeah um but you know they are where they are we are where we are uh, and we're actually just just one place above them at the moment so i not that you can take too much from the league table at this stage but you know in the days that you and i used to go out and buy the pink i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> the league table wouldn't even be printed in this kind of you know because it's just too early but you know the times have changed and, and this kind of stuff is uh, on people's radar now. Now York had a, had a good win at Spennymoor, which shows that you know they're capable of playing football. They're capable of getting it down and moving it around. Um, they also had a, a defeat to Chorley, which means they can be put under pressure by other favourable teams. So it's one of these where both teams have got a little bit of momentum. County, of course, coming off the back of a six-nil hiding. You know we've turned Southport over something right, and you you take huge confidence from that. Whereas uh, York's big win wasn't as big over Spennymoor. It was only a two-goal uh, margin. However, it's a, t- a team as good as Spennymoor, you know, rolling people over for fun. York have gone and beat them. So I think it makes for a tough game. It makes for a... It, the, every now and again in this division, you come across a fixture that makes you feel like... It, it almost feels like a league game. You know, the games like Halifax last year, it kind of felt like a league game when you were there. Uh, I, I do expect that from York and sometimes players can rise to that and other times they they kind of turn inwards uh, and I hope that it, I hope that come five o'clock on Saturday we're not talking about any Stockport County players doing that I'm sure we won't because you know faith in the manager and the staff and all that but it's, it's a real atmosphere game it's a real going to York will get a lot of fans excited to go down there and it makes for such an occasion yeah and I think you know we always talk to JK before the game and I think he's always kind of the voice of reason and of course he knows he knows this he's such a treasure trove he knows their players he knows their manager he knows you know how they how they've performed this season and I think he would probably be a bit more cautious and say well you know a point would be good away at York you know you look at the start of the season you'd take a point from Bootham Crescent but I'd be really disappointed if we don't win because two wins on the on the bounce for the first time this season you know, really making something out of that confidence, and you know, making up for the for the bad times over the last few weeks to get us back in the playoffs and thinking, right, there's a springboard. There we go. 
So I don't know about how you feel, but I, I would be really disappointed if we don't win. Well, I, I never like saying I take a point against anybody. You could, you know, you could tell me that we're going up against Manchester United. I so I, I don't want to take a point. I want to. I always want to go and see uh, the team I support go out and, and fight for a, a game. Uh, York's no different. I think we respect them, but we don't fear them. Um, they're a, they're a, they're a good club with a good you know fan base in a in a good town. Sounds very similar to what we have. A so, city, in fact. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, of course. Um, so, so you think on that basis, we should, you know, we should. There's nothing to fear for us, um, especially when you take into account, as you, as you mentioned, the, the shaky, wobbly start. You might say it's not been a terrible start. We're sitting in the playoffs, so it's not. It's not been the worst start of the season, but we're not as high up the table as we would have liked to have been. We're behind target on points, um, on the on the points target kind of scale. So, if you think, would you take a point? It wouldn't be a bad result, but considering we need to claw points back now from everywhere we can get them, if we're drawing one all with 85 minutes played, I expect us to be going full throttle to get that second goal. Yeah, and this is this is what I mean by you know, kind of the the roller coaster and a bit of you know those disappointing you know Levington and and you know the the fact that that we're not hitting the target on points that is that is what I, I kind of meant by that. But I think all in all, given you know where we are. There is an opportunity now, but that's that is the key thing. It's an opportunity. You know, yeah. if you look at it on paper and see where we are in the league, it's, and you don't know anything about county, and you're a, you know, you're a fan of another, you say, well, they're they're exactly where they were at the end of last season. You know, so they've not changed in any way. So that to me is why this is a, a door to be kicked open. Yeah, no, and and that's that's a great term. It is a door to be kicked open this season, especially after a, a win like we had the other night, which wasn't just against. Uh, some lowly kind of Gainsborough with all due respect to them this was against high flying Southport so if we can go and do something like that it now is the time to kick doors open now is the time for Oswell Stevenson Warburton Walker Duxbury whoever to say do you know what we we are Stockport County we've got this manager we've got these players we've got these fans let's go through anything that tries to stop us Great stuff. So let's hope that uh, we're sitting here next week, um, and because uh, next week you, we're going to ha- we're going to be back on the kick-up trail, aren't we? We are. I yeah. guarantee it. I, I guarantee think it was your it. secret plan because I mean, and you could have you could have done like the, the the thing is you could have done thirty and you would have won <laughs> because we haven't had any yet. So because uh, Jim only managed what twelve was it? Something like that. Twelve, and then it went in your rid- in your uh, your sensitive area. Um, (laughs) so yeah let's hope that we're sitting here uh, this time next week discussing an excellent win at York and that's the Stockport County County Live podcast for this week Chris thanks thank you very much good night